Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Kayla Lords uh, with the Smut Lancer podcast. Looking at my recording screen because it looks really weird. That's a John Brownstone problem. <laughs> with yet again back, finally, with my friend Molly. I do not like recording podcasts without you anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that's about, but that's that's what I, I don't. I don't like it. I like it when we're here together. Me too. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think we should have set ourselves a um, goal for 2020, and that's to record at least one episode when we're in the same room together. <gasps> I think that is a beautiful, beautiful goal. I'm here for it. I'm so here okay. for it. Yes. 2020. Yes. And and also, we need to be in the same room together more often. I, I think that that is yeah. just how life should go. I'm, I agree. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Making a wish, fairy godmother style, wiggling my nose, whatever, whatever. The the genie for my dream of genie, cross arms, right. do the head thing. And whatever. I mean, if there is anyone out there who wants to facilitate this with um, financial exactly. um, uh, help, then obviously we pick Florida as the place <laughs> for this to happen. Yeah, Because England is cold and wet and bleh and yeah. So anybody want to pay for me to go to Florida anytime soon, just hit me up. Let me know. I'm pretty much could be ready to go, I don't know, 48 hours, I guess. <laughs> you know, maybe 72 at a push. But, you know, I'm up for planning as well. So whatever you want to do, um, I am sure I could, you know, do something in return. <laughs> Mate, you have, I can't, you know. Uh, it's not I think that kind of, of podcast, Molly. It's, I was like thinking about like making lovely pictures or sure, writing a story. Sure, You're sure. so dirty. <laughs> She's so dirty. That's because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going about to say shush, don't tell everyone, and then I was like, oh, I think everybody knows. Yeah. Oh yeah, everybody's totally figured this out. They they totally have figured it out. Oh, my. Okay, so we I think right. are do me. What's that? I said, come on, do me. Well, if you, since you asked nicely, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay, it's not normally like this if you're new here. Normally we're like all business. I think we're procrastinating on our topic. I think also we just are having way too much fun and I see nothing wrong with having a lot of fun. <laughs> it just, I think, I think that's a good thing. But I think we are procrastinating on this topic because we know it's a big one, and we know it's, uh, it certainly hits close to home for me because I have gone through it that I know of at least a couple of times in the past few years, and that is burnout. Burnout. Oh my gosh, burnout sucks. Burnout sucks. So let's start because I think. I think we all know what we're talking about when we say burnout, but let's make sure we define it. And maybe we each have our own way of defining it. Uh, for me, it is, it almost feels like depression to me. So I have bipolar disorder, which is pretty mild. I'm usually okay with it. But when I hit a depressive side, I'm very apathetic and I'm very lethargic. I want to do none of the things I could care less. I just, I don't care. I don't care. And it doesn't matter. And who did I commit to doing something for I don't really care um and I every time I've gone through burnout I thought I was going through depression until I realized that oh wait maybe I just needed to take some time off or to do something interesting and new again um uh, because the apathy and lethargy were only about certain things in my life which in my case have been about client work with writing or even my own blogs 
so far, knock on wood, not with podcasting or making videos, but with writing, I have a couple of times. Um, so that's, it's like, I don't, and not only don't want to do it, whatever the thing is I'm burned out about, um, uh-huh. I don't care about it. Um, I don't, though at the same time, I feel guilty about that because I know that in this case, the writing or the client work is part of an overall goal, earn money, pay the bills, build uh-huh. a brand, whatever the goal might be. And so while I feel like, uh, I have no interest in this. I also feel like, oh my God, I'm the worst human being ever who cannot, you know, keep up with any commitments that I make or do anything that I'm supposed to do. So that for me, when I have felt burnout is pretty much what it feels like. I mean, have you gone through burnout before? Do you? I think, yeah, I would say it's similar for me. I, for me, I feel like it's the drying up of ideas really, or, or where it just all feels a bit hard work where I'm like, I don't know what to write about. I, I don't know anything anymore. That's that. It's that feeling. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling. I don't know anything anymore. I don't. Why is anybody listening to me or want to read my stuff? And it's not the same as imposter syndrome. It's not that kind of like, oh, no one wants to listen to me. It's much more like why? Like it's more exhausted than that, I guess. Um. So yeah, I think it's about that. Like not being like I don't know what to do anymore. It just I, so also. For me, I think it's where there is moments where it's like, what is this satisfying anymore? Mm. Like, I'm not sure it's satisfying. And those are moments where I've had to be like, what do, well, what do I do about that? Like, do I really want to give this up? Like, am, am I that dissatisfied with it? And so then you kind of go through those processes that help to, you to kind of refine your way back, or whatever, and you do something new or different. I mean, we'll come on to that in a minute, I guess, when we talk about different ways of dealing with it. But I think some of the times when I've realized that I had burnout was actually not in the whilst I was really in it, but was when I took time off. So we went on holiday to Greece like two and a half years ago now. Fucking hell, that's a long time. (laughs) Um, No wonder I'm tired. Um, And when I got there after like two or three days, I suddenly realized that I had been really burnt out. And that going on that, being away on holiday was like, oh my God, like I could actually start to see things clearly and started literally having ideas for things again and was kind of like almost excited to get back to it really. Um, But I hadn't realised it until I kind of stepped away a bit. I hadn't realised like how much I'd got into a bit of a rut and I wasn't really doing anything new or different and I wasn't particularly feeling hugely engaged with it. It also came about at a time when I, there was other some other stresses going on um, connected to um, a company I, w- I work for. So that kind of didn't help either. But yeah, going around that holiday made me go, whoa, hello. <laughs> now I see what's happening here. And then a similar thing actually happened to me, not this Christmas, but the Christmas before where I was like, you know what, I'm going to be really ruthless and over the kind of 10-day Christmas New Year period, I'm literally going to do like bare minimum. I got all my kind of client work done, so I didn't have to do anything during those 10 days. So like I'm literally just going to do the odd blogging bit. and I'm going to read some books and lay on the sofa and, you know, watch stupid movies and whatever for a little bit. And again, within about two or three days of doing it, I suddenly realised that I'd, I'd inadvertently given myself exactly what I needed because in the uh, prior to it, I had been feeling kind of very out of sorts and disgruntled with it all. So maybe I don't even really know it's happening and then I like give myself these times off and I'm like, oh, look, that was what your problem was. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of my burn- like how I have interacted with burnout and I, or experienced it. And I recognize myself in a little bit of that sort of disgruntled or feeling or that like you said earlier that whole why why am i even doing this why who cares not the imposter syndrome but like what the hell does it matter i i know that i have had these moments of well isn't everybody saying this or even haven't i already said this 10 Uh, times yeah and that it can be yeah I, i recognize that too that that can absolutely sort of be a sign of 
of some burnout for me as well. Um, I also definitely agree with you on when you take the break, and we'll definitely talk about the need for taking a break because uh, I think more people need them, including somebody named Molly Moore. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I know, I know, I know, I do. But I know. Yeah, you are you are really bad about taking breaks, and I have over the years finally sort of started seeing the light about the need for them. But I can now tell when even a mild level of burnout um, for me has finally taken a turn because like you said, the ideas just flood back. Um, Uh And I think also um, that helped me in this last bout of burnout I went through. I gave myself permission to not do something even though it's something that I love or have previously loved or something that it, you know, it's on some level feels important to me, but uh-huh. that by realizing that thinking about that thing, in this case, my personal blogging at caleblords.com, which is why there hasn't been a new post in nearly a month, um, giving myself permission to say, you know what, I can, I can put this down right now. It's okay if I'm not here that, little bit of that i guess it was almost like an act of forgiveness Uh opened the absolute floodgates in my head for everything else i'm doing like i could not keep up with like i when i'm when an idea comes to me and i'm not in a place where i can like put it in a nice little google doc list i've got post-it notes all over my desk and the ideas were coming so fast and furious at, at that point i i mean i had just was filling a post-it note and then getting another one. And that was when I knew I was out of burnout. I had, I turned a tide and was like, okay, okay. I don't feel, I clearly do not feel apathetic or lethargic. Uh, And here come the ideas again, because it had felt Mm -hmm. like they'd been stuck somewhere. And then I was doing that thing that I think a lot of us do of the ideas are not coming. I'm going to stress even more about how the ideas are mm-hmm. not coming, and then even less ideas will come to mind. Oh, and it's mm-hmm. this awful. And cycle. then I do that thing where I go, "How does so and so come up with all these ideas?" Yes. yes. How does Kayla come up with all these ideas? Like, where is she getting all this stuff from? Like, what? Why does she have a magic brain and I don't? And or you know, girl on the net, or you know, whoever I. See, where I'm like, what? What? Because my brain is broken. How are theirs? Like, how are they doing that? And that's just ridiculous because it's not like everybody's actually going through similar cycles, just probably at different times. I, I agree completely. And it is definitely a cycle. And it is the worst when you are in some period of that burnout and you're looking at somebody, you're at the, the bottom of that cycle and you're online and you see somebody at the peak of their cycle. And so they're doing like amazing things and you're over there with your broken brain going, why, why can I not do these things? Uh-huh. And then, it, you know, I, I've noticed for myself at least that I get, I have mean girl voices in my head. I am not always the kindest person <laughs> to myself. And so then I'm sort of you know chastising myself in my head about how you say you want to to reach these goals you say you want to do all these things but what are you actually doing look at you doing nothing you suck and and at the same time this is how complex brains can be at the same time that i'm doing that to myself i am also going but i just i don't care and i'm really tired and i just Mm -hmm. if i never look at another keyboard again it'll it'll be okay you know (laughs) right I could just get a normal job. Yes. And you know what? That actually, for me at least, will sometimes snap me out of it a little bit. It won't cure the burnout, (laughs) but it will give me a reality check because I'll go, I could get a real job and then I could leave my job at whatever time and then I leave it behind and it stays at work. Except one, that is not my personality in all the years I worked for other people. That never happened my whole life. Never, ever. But two, and then I think, Oh God, then I'm going to have to do what somebody else tells me to do. I don't want to do what somebody else tells me to do. And then for me, that's sort of that point of, okay, okay, whatever this is I'm in, it's going to pass. Uh-huh. It has to pass because I don't want to go work for somebody else. <laughs> right. I have no desire to do that. So this, we have said it in different ways, but let's say it very blatantly and overtly. And I would like Molly Moore to listen the sound of my voice very carefully 
because mm-hmm. Molly Moore does not keep this in mind for herself almost ever. And the only effective way I've ever found to prevent burnout, meaning keep it at bay for as long as possible, or to get over it, is to take a fucking break from time to time. (laughs) To stop and rest and just go, you know what? Today or this week or this whatever, I'm not doing that thing. And I don't have to because I control this thing and... There is no boss breathing down my neck telling me that I have to do this thing on this arbitrary schedule I set for myself that nobody actually cares about. But there is a boss. There is a boss. I'm the boss. Yes, and you are a shitty boss to yourself. You need to have a conversation (laughs) with HR about that is all I have to say. (laughs) I thought you people in the UK were better about vacation and holiday and time off. Stop. Okay. (laughs) You are a shitty boss. Somebody should report your boss is all I'm saying. Okay. Says the person who's also kind of a shitty boss, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better. (laughs) So I think rest, though, comes in different forms. So I think that, um, like right now, I have given myself permission. I do have a blog post that I agreed to do ages ago that will go out on kolords.com in the next several days. And I have been procrastinating on it because I did give myself permission to not blog there so that I could do other things. I gave myself permission to go. It's it's okay. That place will be there for you when you go back. It's fine. And now I'm like, but I don't have to go there and I'm not really ready, but I said I would write this blog post. Ah. Um, And I have a sexy story to go with the blog post that I have not written. And it is a little, you know, it's a little bit like, wait, I have a sexy story to tell. Why have I not written this? But right. So there's that. And then there's what I'm doing next week, uh, the week after we record the last week of October. Um, I'm taking a break from client work. And then at the end of se- this past September, I ended up taking a break from blogging and uh, client work because that was when I was at peak burnout. I was ready to quit it all and go, that's it. That's it. I'm going to go be a barista at Starbucks. I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, But I think there are different levels of breaks. And so one of the ones that is the most effective that I forget about a lot, I let myself get busy and distracted, but it is the one that kept me from burnout for the longest period. So my last burnout time was probably like real big major burnout time was probably around 2016 or so, 2017. And then, well, I had some periods where I was like, eh, I'm tired, eh, I don't, I'm not great, but I was mostly okay uh-huh. for a couple of years. And then we had, I had this last one this past September. The way I kind of keep it at bay is by taking small breaks. So for me, that looks like Monday through Friday, I am, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I'm doing my client uh-huh. work. I'm doing my blogging. I'm podcasting. I'm on Twitter. I'm here. I'm there. What are we doing? Let's do the thing. It's great. And then I would get to a point. I did this for months and months, but it was beautiful. On the weekends, I did what I wanted to do. And every once in a while, that might involve a blog thing. Something I was doing on Patreon. Something I was doing, you know, it might. Sure. But Or you took photographs or something might. like that that was connected but not. Exactly. And I would put my phone down, leave it on the charger on, you know, Saturday morning. I'd look, I'd scroll, you know, okay, fine. Sure. I'd do about- But it's a more casual thing. It's much more casual thing. It's more for you than anything. It's not work. It's, oh, what are my friends doing? Let me go find out. Uh And I would put my phone down and I might not pick it up again until the next day. It didn't matter if my mother sent me a text message. I'm- probably an awful daughter for admitting that but i'm just saying sometimes her texts go unread i keep her on unread for a while um and i wasn't looking at instagram and i wasn't doing this and i wasn't doing that i would read a book i would do my stitching i'd go out with john brownstone i would do something that had nothing to do with my monday through friday even though my monday through Mm. friday of course it's not the typical monday through friday and that little respite there's two days where I just went, nope, it's done. I'm not doing it. I could come back on Monday, mostly ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that, and then the other thing I've done over the years, and I'm, I think I've found the right way, is I adjust my schedule. So, um, and that probably sounds like a weird way to combat burnout, but so far it, it has helped. So, 
the way my schedule used to run every Monday, every day, Monday through Friday, I did some form of client work. I was writing a post. I was doing something with their social media. I was doing something, but my mornings Mm -hmm. were all client work. My afternoons, Monday through Friday were all blog stuff. And I just felt like I could not stand one more five day week of client work. I just, I couldn't stand it. It was every day. I never got away from it. I wasn't focusing on what I wanted to focus on. Uh huh. And I managed to rework my schedule. Part of it was about being more productive and less distracted, but ultimately I reworked my schedule. So my client work, my full-time income work takes place on Mondays and Tuesdays. This week I let it slide into Wednesday, but only like two hours of Wednesday. But my, all, the bulk of my client work is Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are my projects, podcasting, recording, making videos, writing blog posts, whatever it is I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is out of a seven day week, only two days are devoted to client work. Mm-hmm. And so because my blog income does not truly like pay the mortgage or anything like that yet. Sure. It's more of the side hustle passion stuff. Mm-hmm. And it feels like taking a day off. It is work. I am definitely working, but it's not the same yeah. kind of work. The obligations yeah. for that are on me and are things I've said yeah. I would do, not clients waiting for their content or who have put mm-hmm. me on deadline. And that little mind fuck, and that's really what it was. I, I made a schedule that's better for me. It allows me a little bit more flexibility in my life. So there's those benefits as well. But it basically just, I fucked my own head and said, oh, look, you only do client work two days a week. You can do client work two days a week. You can keep that up. Now, are those long days? Is that a lot of words to pack into a single day? This week, because I'm taking next week off of client work, so I did this week's work and next week's work this week. Uh, was it Monday? I ended up writing the equivalent of about 4,500 words by the end of the day. Hi. And yes, my brain was mush. Now, if I did that Mm -hmm. every week, I couldn't sustain it. That would be too much. Right. But I can do it this week because I know the payoff is that next week, come Monday, I don't have to do any of that at all. Sure. So it's, I've given myself a break in general. Next week is a break, which I absolutely advocate for. Hello, Molly Moore, take more breaks. Um, But also I give myself a break every week by not making myself focus on things that exhaust me five days of the week. I only uh-huh. have to focus on them for two days of the week. Now, the moment it right. stops working, I will switch it up again. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a thing I have finally learned. I who do not really like change and I'm very routine oriented will change this if it stops working for right now it's working on multiple levels but that is one of them knowing that by wednesday my life is my own again and i get to do what i want to do right then i'm good so that's you know breaks on small levels i think keep you from feeling burnout and Mm -hmm. then taking a break when either if you know you are you know going through burnout or you just know you're exhausted like you every two Mm -hmm. years finally taking a week off um those i think are the cure for dealing with burnout but if we could prevent some of burnout from happening i think we'd all be better off in general yeah i think you're right and i think so for me looking so these are things that i want to do ready for 2020 so what i've tried to do is give myself permission to kind of just this rest of this year to be like you just gotta power through love like you've got no choice now you just gotta knuckle down and power through um obviously whether people know this or not but things have hugely changed in my personal life over the last over this year and that has caused a big change in the last mm, what month um and so this year has been really really fucking stressful and Lots of it has been really fucking awful, to be honest with you. Um, And that's hard. Like, that would be hard anyway, but that's hard when you do a job like this. Um, And so one of the things I want to do is give myself, like, uh, some two or three days off. (sighs) I say off, but it is kind of off. Because what I want to use those two or three days for is to really have a better plan for next year and to really structure, like, my week as a 
as a general rule because I still want to be able to be flexible. I still like being able to say, actually, you know what? There's this thing on Wednesday that I want to go and do. So I'm not going to do any work today and I'll do it on Saturday instead or whatever. Like I do like having that option in my life that works for me. So I still want to have that ability to have that flexibility. Um, And so I think sometimes like giving yourself time off is really important, but I think giving yourself time off to do something, to to like do something that contributes towards you having a better um, balance is actually a really good thing. And that's something I think that I don't do enough of. I don't take enough time to come away from what I'm constantly working on to be like, actually, I'm not going to do any of the actual work right now. I'm going to go over here away from my computer, but I'm going to get my notebook and I'm going to get my planner and I'm going to spend the afternoon writing plans. And that's something I'm really, really bad at. And that's something I know I need to get much better at. So those, I think, are things to like learn about yourself and learn as you go along and see, you know, what it is where you're like, well, this is an issue. Why am I never doing this? Um, And, you know, work on those things. And I think that having for me having a schedule is really important so like having my blogging schedule of my minimum two posts a week is really really important i do think that if i ever stop doing that i might just that might be it so i'm never going to be like kayla and be like it's okay you don't have to post here (laughs) however having said that when i was away in miami i didn't post my sinful sunday till like sunday like lunchtime which is like the first time I think I've ever ever done that and I did actually smile to myself and I nearly sent you a message going see look at me look at me look at what I'm doing because I knew you'd have been like just don't do it and I was like well I can't just not do it because obviously the world would end so I can't go that far but look at me doing it on Sunday lunchtime look at me mum did you feel a little (laughs) bit like a rebel like you were breaking a rule I did, yeah, and I know it's like, it just made me laugh because we'd obviously talked about it anyway that the day before, literally. And so then I was like, look at me, I'm being naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think one of the things with burnout is that I think you can become oddly, structure can potentially feed it like because you're like I've got my schedule and I do what I do and I know what I do and then suddenly like six months or nine months later you're like okay well I'm still doing what I do and I know what I do but I'm bored because I think sometimes burnout can be about that but I think particularly for people who are creative where they're like you know making you know in a, for a lot of what we do we are creating content and so then it just becomes like almost rope where you're just like churning out stuff like right i need this and i need that blog post and i need this and i need to schedule all these tweets and so i do see how it's interesting i need to think about that how you're cramming it all into two days then gives you those three days for which are more flexible and perhaps a more exploratory like more creative more kind of like oh i'm gonna just do you know let's do this work on this thing over here for once rather than i must schedule tweets and i must do this and i must write this blog post and blah 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 so yeah i think it's you know i know i know i'm rubbish at this. <laughs> we're, we're gonna help you get better it's gonna be fine and, but i agree with you completely on how our own schedules and routines will feed it because my precursor to the burnout that is I am laying still and I'm just not doing anything today, which is how, as for me is as bad as it gets. And then of course my own sense of guilt and um, not wanting a client to be upset with me will then have me do double the work the next day because I took a break that day that I, because not because it was a break, but because I literally could move not one step further and I was just that exhausted. Um, but it starts from the schedule and the routine no longer serving me, but me serving that schedule and routine. That idea Uh that, well, Uh this is what I said I was going to do. I have to do this. And I don't give myself the freedom or the, the luxury to change things up. And that's usually where I have to do some pretty uh, stern self-talk of wait, 
Right. This whole life is supposed to be about controlling the work you do, not just the work you create, but the way you do it. And there's nobody here who says you have to do it this way. Only you say you have to do it this way. And it is making you miserable. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, right. And the, I guess, yeah, it's the difference between the schedule working for you and you just working for your schedule. Exactly. And then when we get, I think some of us can get kind of wrapped up in the schedule. Like it's a, a self-defining thing. Well, this is what I do. This is who I am. Never mind, I'm exhausted. Never mind, I hate it at this point. Never mind, it's right. actively blocking my own creativity. Mm, this is what I do. The other thing that I have found when it comes to feeling burned out from client work is that I worry very much about the expectations of my clients and not just about the quality of the work I produce. Of course, I'm concerned about that. I, I work hard to make sure it's decent. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that I create expectations of, oh, well, I always have this content turned in on Monday and I always have this done by Tuesday. And so I have that moment where I think to myself, but if I do it on Wednesday, will they be upset with me? No, because quite frankly, they're not paying attention unless I told them that they would have a piece of content or a project done by a specific date. They mm -hmm. do not care. I have one, right. I have one, well, two sites, one client, but I do two sites for him. And all he cares about is that there are two blog posts to those sites per week. I created a schedule that works based on other things we, we discussed, certain expectations, blah, blah, blah. He cares that they are posted two days a week. And he wants to see two of those four each week. One of the sites, he wants to see them before they go live. That's all he cares about. So I got it in my head that I had to let him know by Monday that the, those two posts he wants to review are ready. And then they have to be published on Tuesday and Thursday. Like I somehow mm -hmm. decided that. Mm -hmm. But the week I couldn't tell him, I think I got sick that week. It was something weird, but it was like Tuesday night before I could tell him, mm -hmm. I'm like sweating through my shirt. I'm so anxious <laughs> because I have created this expectation and won't he be disappointed in me because I have changed the date around it. and oh my gosh. And so I send the message, I talked to him on Skype and I'm like, these posts are ready to review. And I have learned over the years not to then qualify that with sorry for the delay or blah, blah, blah. Like, uh -huh. I just state the facts, nothing but the facts. And, you know, let, let that be four or five years ago. That was not really the case. I would qualify, but now I don't, I just go, okay, the posts are ready for you. And then I sit there and I wait because I'm positive. I've convinced myself he's going to come back to me and go, why am I getting this on Tuesday night? Why didn't I get this on Monday? Like you always said. Actually, no, it took him 12 hours to even see the message. He goes, okay. Then it took him another 24 hours to approve them. He did not care. He did not care that I thought those posts should go live on Tuesday and Thursday. Only I cared about that. And I uh -huh. let those false expectations that I think uh -huh. he has for me that I have convinced myself are there. Right. Push me to keep schedules and to keep arbitrary timelines and deadlines when I don't have to. Uh -huh. When truly what the client cares about is that by, by Friday. Yeah. And truly even, I think he'd be okay with Saturday, but by the uh -huh. end of the week, two blog posts should be published. It's uh. only my blogger brain that goes, oh, well, I'm not going to publish two blog posts on the same day. And I'm not going to do all the social media for these two posts back to back. That's just too much. Like that's, it's all arbitrary bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but damn, if I can't let myself get convinced of that. And then when I'm in the process of being exhausted and slowly, but surely hitting that point of burnout, mm -hmm. I'm not taking a break because of something that nobody has said to me. Nobody has said, yes. Hey, Kayla, this is, this is the expectation. This is what we expect yes. you to do. It's me. Now the other problem with that, which is not about burnout, but it is uh, another side effect of this is you can create expectations and then you can have clients who are like, uh, where are you at? So I've got another client. It's the only vanilla client I have left. And 
typically when he sends me topics for, he gives me all the topics he wants written for a month of content. I just have to get it to him by the end of the month. But I look at those topics because some are seasonal. So in October, I have to send him the Halloween post early enough in the month for him to do what he's got to do with it, right? Sure. So we, kn- I know that he knows that it's fine. He never expects content within a day or two after he sent me the topics. I've got a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But I'm like clockwork usually. Uh, you send me the topics within a week, you have almost all of them. If, mm-hmm. and it's like eight or ten. It depends on what kind of month he's having. But he'll have like almost all of them. Well, a couple of times, because we've worked together now, he and I have worked together for four years now. Um, I've got a week and a half. Or I have not immediately responded to say, hey, I saw these. I have trained him at that right, point. Right, to have, to have expectations. Exactly. And so then he's emailing. And it's so funny. So he'll email and go, hey, just making sure you got this. Or, hey, can you give me a date on when I can expect these? My anxious brain goes, oh, my God, I have upset him because I did not jump on this. And we are... 24 hours past the arbitrary deadline that nobody has set except the way I right. work. And I'll do that same nervous reply to his email like I did to the dude on Skype. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you can expect that I'm looking at a calendar like by the end of the week. And I will sometimes twist myself inside and out to get to hit that arbitrary deadline because I think I'm mm-hmm. keeping this guy happy because I'm sure so late. And so there I am, and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll get it to you, by blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at that going, fuck, that's not what I want to get it to him, but I don't want him to be unhappy with me. He's been a really good mm-hmm. client, and he's a decent person to work with. And then he'll come back and go, oh, okay, there was no real rush. I'm just trying to plan the content for the month. And that's the moment I'm like, fuck. You just set yourself up for uh, to make it harder. Exactly. And now I Yeah, am- I've done that pushing more work into a time I didn't want to because of a false expectation that wasn't really Mm -hmm. there. And that kind of thinking when you are in it perpetually, Mm -hmm. that I I believe firmly will send you straight onto the path of burnout. It might not be the only reason you feel burnout, but it has got to be a contributing factor, at least in my experience. And it's nothing that the other person said or did. It is all in your own head of what you think you're, quote, supposed to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, no wonder creative people are basket cases. (laughs) I know, right? We're all crazy. We do it to ourselves. Um, And you know what's sad? There are, uh, because of conversations I've had with clients, I don't, the the conversations I have with other creatives and people who want to do freelancing work, um, this kind of thing does not come up. And most of the people I know are doing the best that they can. But I personally put that kind of pressure on myself. And yet most of my clients are shocked that I even hit deadlines because sadly there are a lot of freelancers who just never hit it. And not even freelancers, even just within the work kind of corporate environment, the whole, Oh, well, I didn't make the deadline. Can we actually change the meeting to next Wednesday? Or actually, can we do the meeting tomorrow? Literally is what they just do all the time. Yep. Yep. And I just don't, I don't work that way and I don't understand it. And I mean, now that I work as an editor on a couple of sites where I get, I get pitches or I get story submissions and then I give deadlines to people. I'm like, Hey, I need this by blah, blah, blah. I have no problem when somebody emails me and it's like, ha ha, something came up. Can I get an extension? Mm-hmm. Every single time somebody has asked, I've happily given it to them. It means I have to scramble because something's going on with my schedule, yeah. but I've happily given it to them. But of the now at this point, dozens and dozens of pieces I've commissioned on behalf of somebody else. I've had two people do that. And I've had easily 15 people just crickets, just nothing. Yeah. Just let it go right on past. Like it tumbleweed. Oh, and that was, and that's after a confirmation email. I send the email going, Hey, I like your pitch. Here's the date I need it by. I get the email back. It says, okay, great. I'll get it to you. And then Mm -hmm. nothing. So I know it's a phenomenon that happens out there. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I've I've got clients who are just like, no, you hit the deadline. I'm just really excited you hit the deadline. I'm like, why am I putting so much damn pressure on myself? 
myself. Right. I could do the bare minimum and these people would be happy, but I, I don't work mm -hmm. that way. I can't work that way until I get tired and I burn out and then I do the bare minimum and I worry that they're going to hate me and actually they're perfectly happy. Mm -hmm. I was watching a video that had has nothing to do with any of this, but they said they were talking about their own business and they said sometimes B minus work, good enough work that's not the perfect score work is mm -hmm. perfectly okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's okay. You you can you don't have to be a hundred percent perfect all the time. And I think from my personal experience perfectionism i think probably leads to some burnout too because it is exhausting to try yeah. never to make a mistake and to always hit whatever arbitrary yeah marks you've set for yourself that would cause it to be quote perfect which we, yeah. we know doesn't exist i think for me as well it, the, the perfect thing is also with the client thing where i'm like what do they want? Like I, they say what they want. And then I'm always like, I can I have, sometimes I'm better at this is second guess it where I'm like, Ooh, am I actually really doing what they want? And it's just like, so then you start then going, ah, oh, but is this actually good enough? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be, are they going to send this back to me and go, this isn't, this isn't good enough. This isn't enough. This is too long. This is too short. This is, what did you say here? This is just nonsense. Uh, obviously in all the time I've been doing that, Nobody has ever done that. Right. <laughs> so I don't know why I still have those moments it, where I'm thinking that that's going to happen. I know, and the, the little trick that it, do, it doesn't always work for me, but if I could pass it on to anybody else and it works for you, feel free to use it. The trick I remind myself is I'm going to be critical of my writing because I've read great writing. I want to be a great writer. I know that I can, I'm not as good as I would even like to be blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, yes. I go through the, ex oh my gosh, especially with a new client. Oh, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I second guess myself so much. But the thing I have to remember is most of the time when I'm submitting this work, I'm submitting it to one of a couple people. One, it's a business and they are not writers and they're just really happy. You know how to put nouns and verbs together yes. in an order that makes yeah. sense. So you're C-level work, like mid-level, mid, mid level, like not passing, not failing, like just bare minimum good work. They're going to be happy. Yeah. I think it's always yeah. best to do your best, but um, there's that person. And then there are the editors that I've submitted to. That, and now that I am one, I have so much more empathy <laughs> than I ever did before. Um, and quite frankly, I am now starting to see what people with way too much confidence will call writing. And then I look at the person who's second guessing their work and I'm like, no, really, this has a flow to it. Are there changes I would make? Yeah, sure. Cause that's the nature of writing, but you've made a point through a thousand words and it's vaguely entertaining. I promise you that is so much better than that email that I got from the person who forgot that punctuation existed and didn't, know what a verb tense was like really the sadly the bar is way lower than we think it is for mm -hmm. commissioned work partly because we are all not all but most of us are following writers we really admire and respect and want to be like so then we mm -hmm. somehow convince ourselves that everybody else is writing at that level it's better right that's yeah like, yeah actually and that's no. very true i had somebody this was a probably a couple of years ago maybe who got in touch who wanted to he'd been a regular he's disappeared actually that seems to happen in this but he'd been a regular placer of sponsored content he'd like pop up like about once every six eight weeks and be like hey do you want to do another one and they'd always been fine. He'd generally had them written by someone else. And actually, they had been fine. There was nothing in them where I was like, oh, my God, this is just awful. And he always paid, like, instantly. He didn't care about the do follow, no follow thing. So he was cool. And he sent me this post. And I read it. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like, this is really terrible. I can't, like, I'm happy to work with you but I cannot post this on one of my sites. And so I wrote back saying, look, and the what was the topic about? I can't even remember what it's about now. Um, and Michael actually said to me at the time, he was like, I could write about this topic way better than this person has written about it. And I'm like, okay. And so I wrote back and was like, so we're happy to do this, but not this. Like whoever wrote, this isn't what, you, like the stuff you usually send me. Like, is did somebody else write this? Cause it's really bad. 
Um, and I was like, if you pay X amount, a little bit more, then we'll write it and you know use your same like he got like his key words and whatever obviously right. which was fine it was easy to put in and he wrote back going oh yeah sure i didn't know that was an option that's great here have the money do it da, 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 da. and we posted it and it was just like okay like he'd have happily posted me post that piece that was terrible it was really badly written like not just in the fact that it was didn't make a point but there was some bits in it where it was like okay this is kind of not even sex positive and it doesn't even make sense very well either so yeah i think that you're right like the and he was quite happy with it whether he'd read it through or not but he was quite happy with a piece of work that i thought was atrocious and so you're right the idea that everybody's looking for the you know the next i don't know charles dickens actually it's not the case. Like, most people are happy with what you send them. Yeah, they are. And so, we are killing ourselves. We are yes. exhausting ourselves. Partly because... And I think it is good to have high standards. I wish yes, more I agree. professional creatives would have higher standards. It is why I spent probably the first year on the Smutlancer site just trying to talk about professionalism. Like, I... I think that we get the respect that we demand. Should we be given a certain level of respect because of the work we do? Of course we should, but that's not how this world works. And we get the respect we demand and then we command. And I'm going to be, as much as I can be, the consummate fucking professional so Mm -hmm. that when I charge you premium prices, you know that you're getting premium content, premium service, whatever. And I, I think we we more of us certainly need to see it that way and behave in those ways but really for what's out there i mean the other thing to keep in mind um for especially writers because i know there's a lot of other ways to be creative and make money but for the written word there are people who will pay 20 bucks for a thousand words and there's somebody who will take that 20 dollars for a thousand words and even, and I say this as somebody who I started my freelance career working through sites like that, where I was literally getting paid fractions of a penny per word, mm-hmm. that content, because the only way you make it a, any kind of money that you can pay a bill with is to churn out content as fast mm-hmm. as you can. That content is never as good as it should be, could be, would be is never as good as what you, my Smutlancer friends who are listening, are charging $50 for or $100 for. Uh-huh. And the the fact is, is that there are just too many brands and companies who will pay $20 for absolute crap. And uh-huh. you're, on your worst day, you are not writing that level of crap. So take a breath, calm down, Stop exhausting yourself from these, just the anxieties of being a freelancer and it's not as good as it could be better. Yeah, that's always going to be true, but I promise you, if you were getting, if the person agreed to pay your premium price, they are going to be satisfied because they probably at this point know what 20 bucks gets them. It's most likely why they're paying the higher prices they are now. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's I, pro- I promise it's it's better it's you just don't know how low the bar is when it comes to commissioned content the bar is so low uh-huh. the bar is so low so yeah um, the other thing I'd say about burnout is forgive yourself which we've talked about I think yes. in the part in a few other subjects we've talked about because it's so easy about all these subjects like imposter syndrome everything we've talked about is to beat yourself up about it and actually that's only perpetuates it whereas to actually be like okay i'm stuck in a rut here there's a problem i'm not going to beat myself up about it but i'm going to try and find a solution is a much better way of dealing with it it's also very easy for me to say that because i totally can understand the whole like oh you're a rubbish person um that your brain does but i think having that in your head that at some point in the process there has to be self-forgiveness is really important like you can have the like beat yourself up a bit but then i think you do have to consciously 
move on and go, okay, so I'm going to forgive myself that. And now what am I going to do? What, where are my potential solutions? Because otherwise I think it's very hard to move on from the beating yourself up. And then you just get locked up in this cycle of like, I don't have any ideas. And then I'm really upset with myself. And then I don't have any ideas. And then I'm really upset with myself. And so I think that in, if I was going to write a guide to it, like I would say that self-forgiveness phase is really important and something you almost have to consciously do because it's not something that many of us do naturally. It's not the thing that we turn to, we tend to not do that. Whereas I think you actually have to go, wait, hang on, what's my list again about what should I do at this point? (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, what am I going to do now? Oh yeah, I'm going to forgive myself and actually work on that. Like make that an active decision, something that you actively think about, not you know oh yeah well I did that or you know oh, I just gloss oh yeah okay I forgive myself now what like it needs to be longer than that you need to sit with that for a little bit and be like I I, I forgive myself these things I forget you know so that you actually have genuinely done it rather than just paid lip service to it if that makes sense so yeah I think self-forgiveness is a hugely important thing it's a massive topic that I think is often missed out in a lot of ways And I think it applies to so many parts of our lives. It's like, you know, if you're on a, you know, a diet, if whatever that is you want to call that, and then you eat the big cream cake or whatever, um, and then people are then like kind of disgusted and stuff with themselves. And actually self-forgiveness in that that moment is way healthier to go, oh yeah, look, I ate that cream cake. That was a bit silly, but you know what? Uh, Tomorrow I won't do that or whatever. And like forgive yourself that moment because otherwise you're just constantly stuck in a spiral of kind of beating yourself up doing the bad thing beat yourself up do a bad thing you know i'm when i say do a bad thing i'm in inverted commas because obviously none of this is a bad thing like eat the fucking cream cake it's not a bad thing um you know take the take a sticky off work like it's not about none of this is a bad thing but in our heads we label it or we make it a bad thing we use it as something to beat ourselves up with so yeah self-forgiveness i think it's something really think about that like do you do it do you really genuinely do it or do you just kind of pay lip service to it because it's actually really powerful thing to do and something that i despite what uh she says about how rubbish i am at some of this stuff um self-forgiveness is something i've really consciously taught myself um over the last kind of five seven years of being like no you know what it's fine just move on tomorrow's another day kind of thing so yeah i really would encourage you to have a think and about self-forgiveness what that means to you what it looks like do you actually genuinely do it genuinely think about that the only thing i don't want that was that's really powerful and i think it's really important and you absolutely touched on something i was thinking which is it is a skill so you will suck at it at first and then you will get the more you do it you'll get better at it the other thing to i don't want to take away from that because i think that is probably of all of these things we talk about that's one that is probably the most important thing to to get to that place where you can acknowledge yeah i did that thing that i wish i hadn't done okay we're we're gonna move on from that um the other thing i would add to that that if you can keep in your head at the same time as well i think will help you as um and that is you are not the only one to go through this you are not the first one to go through this Mm -hmm. you are not the the one who's handling it the worst like on those feelings can make can isolate you in a community where Mm -hmm. At some point or another in a creative career, whether that's a paid career or a passion Mm -hmm. or the blog, we are all going to go through it. Nobody is so mentally healthy and strong and perfect that they never Mm -hmm. overwork themselves, that they never get bored with what they're doing, that they never hit burnout. So if you can remember that there are others out there who understand how you feel have even if they're not talking about it that have been there that you are not you know you are not alone in this um i think that will help you to do the other thing that i i think is valuable in this and that is to find your community to reach out Mm -hmm. to your community you don't have to ask for solutions you don't even have to ask for help sometimes you just need a safe place to be able to go and say 
I feel this way today and I am mm-hmm. struggling with this today. And then you have that place where you have these other voices who, who say to you, I have been there, or they say to you, you mm-hmm. are amazing and you're going to get through this. And nobody's fixed it for you. Not everything can be fixed. Sometimes you have to right. be the one to fix it. Sometimes time has to fix it. But yeah. having that community where you can just know that you're not alone, I think makes a big, and I say this as somebody who is really bad Molly sucks at break taking a break. I am really bad at saying today is not a good day. And I feel this kind of way about this kind of thing. Like I just keep it to myself. I, you know, why did John Brownstone? I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. put it out there in the world. And I have seen other people who do, who, who either push themselves through the discomfort or maybe they just don't feel as uncomfortable doing it as some of us do. And they put it out there. And then to see the sort of the arms of the community come around them and go, hey, you're not alone. You're he- mm-hmm. we're here with you. We support you. You're going to be, you're going to, you're doing fine. You're doing better than you realize. That is also something to um, really, really consider and think about and try and build for yourself. Mm-hmm. Through all of this, through all of these topics, but especially burnout. Practice self-forgiveness, which I I absolutely agree is a massive skill that helps in so many ways. And then find the community that will kind of prop you up a little bit when it's a it's hard for you to do it for yourself. Yeah, and actually, community I think also can really help with the with the self-forgiveness thing. Yeah, it is because it helps with perspective and. You know, you're hearing stuff from other people, which then gives you that space in your head to then go, huh, okay, like that, that's, I hadn't thought of it from that point of view or, oh, that's an interesting idea. Like if that's, people will give you snippets of ideas, you might find that somebody gives you a a solution. They probably don't know they're giving you a solution, but they'll say something that makes you go, oh, that's actually a really good idea. Like I, I, I could use what they said to, to achieve what I'm trying to do. So yeah, I think community can be really helpful in the in the forgiveness part too. I actually think it might potentially be a essential part of it. I'd have to give that a little bit more thought, but yeah, perhaps I should need to write something about self-forgiveness. I think you do. I think that would be marvelous. I'm going to shamelessly use this as a segue uh-huh. to remind Anybody listening to the sound of our voice about the Smut Lancers community through Patreon? Yes. You sign up through Patreon, but at the $5 and up level, $5 per month level, you get access to a Slack channel. Yeah. Where it is all about community, where people go and ask their questions and they'll get multiple answers. People, we have one called Rants, where if you're just having like a moment that just really, like really annoyed the hell out of you, you go... You type it out in that, like, you know, that frantic keyboard or thumb typing thing you do. Right, right, right. And then you get people who are like, yeah, that does fucking suck. I hope you gave that little dude bro a piece of your mind on Twitter because that's some bullshit. <laughs> you, get, you get that part of the community, too. Where it's like a it's like a virtual kind of community it hug. It is. And, and, and you're not alone in your annoyance, aggravation, burnout. Yeah, I love this Slack group. And so I wanted to just say, so just in the last couple of weeks, somebody in the Slack group said something about how much they love the Slack group and they hoped that Kayla and I found it a useful place too. Even like, I mean, obviously it's a place that we've kind of built for other people. So, and actually I wrote back to them and I want to say here, I love that Slack group. Like if I, if it wasn't my Slack group, I would pay money to be in it. Like I totally would because... I think it's brilliant. I think it's been so beneficial to me, even though I'm the person who's kind of one of the people running it. Um, I think as a group, we have learned so much from each other and supported each other in such great ways that I absolutely love it. So yeah, massive plug to it. But if you're interested, and you don't have to be a smart, you don't have to be earning money from your content. If you are a sex blogger and this is your kind of like, I don't know, let's say, your side gig maybe you think you might want to earn money from it in the future maybe you just want to write bad content maybe you want to you know maybe you're happy with it as it is but you you know want to do it really well join it like yes it's five bucks a month to get into the slack group but 
I totally, I think personally, and I know like, yes, I, I, we set it up, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant, brilliant little bit of kind of dedicated community. Um, yeah, you should join. You should join. It's patreon.com slash the smutlancers with an S on the end, the smutlancers. Link is in the show notes. Uh, link is at the smutlancer.com website. Uh, uh-huh. You can actually, because we are not considered adult content, even though all the members probably create some form of adult content, we do not create adult content there. You can actually search us on Patreon. I have to say, I am sort of enamored with doing things that are considered safe for work because you get to do all the cool stuff and have all the cool yeah. things that you do. <laughs> like being searchable on patreon which if you did not know uh if you are an adult account on patreon you are not searchable it is it's a thing there's yeah so we would love to to have um more people join because we we are getting benefit as the people who host it but we are actively watching people get benefit from it i mean they're yeah they're asking questions that you know a lot of other people had but maybe don't have right now and will have or had in the past. And they're basically pooling their knowledge. There was a question just the day before recording where somebody said, Hey, I want to be become known for being an expert on this specific topic. What, and my site's relatively new. What do you think I should do to establish my expertise? And it's funny by the time I got to that thread and that Mm -hmm. question, all the answers that came to immediately came to mind, five other people had already given i actually like had to dig yeah. deep for an because i wanted to answer it. it was such a good question i was like oh i have a tip that you know blah 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 but there was a lot like i could have never said a word and the person who asked yeah. that question could have acted on what other people in the community yeah. gave and they would have they would have been just fine like there it, yeah you, there was almost nothing else that needed to be said except i had a little tidbit so i shared it because i'm like that but that's that's the probably the coolest part about it and that's just at the five dollar level there's more as you go up sure sure there is five bucks a month to get access to at this point it's a little over a dozen people who will share their time their energy um their knowledge with you and friendships as well i think are being formed there like real genuine friendships where you see people are clearly have you know gone off and then are now having conversations outside of that group and whatever and getting to know each other as friends and that creates a support network friendships so fucking important mm-hmm. and so important we have on our topic list for upcoming uh Lancer podcast topics one of them is about support networks so we will talk about this again in the future <laughs> it will happen you will get so tired of us telling you to create find create be a part of a community but i don't care I know that a good portion of my Smut Lancer life has been of a direct benefit because of community, because of the people I surround myself with, because of the people I interact with, because of the people I have befriended, because of the people Mm -hmm. who support me. It's not just who maybe I support, it's the people who are supporting me as well. So yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it. You're going to be so tired of it. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Okay, is there are there any last I think parting words other than No, I so I think I ha- suspect or actually I really hope dear listener that this topic burnout because I actually I think it's a really personal topic to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um that I feel like we've kind of scratched the surface. We've given our own like personal things. I'm not sure we've given we've tried to give some solutions or to how to avoid it and how to manage it. Um but yeah, if you listen to this episode and are like, but wait, what about this thing? Or what about when this happens? Like, come come at us. Like, we want to hear from you. We will totally return to this subject or send us questions, um, comment on this post, whatever works for you. And we can always also pick them up in the mailbag episodes in the future. So I'd like to kind of come back around to this topic as a result of what you, listener, has to say about it like how does that work for you have you had burnout how have you dealt with it even if you don't have a question perhaps you have a brilliant idea a tip a thing that worked for you what was the thing that worked for you that kind of got you through it or got you out of it or when did you realize like we want to hear that stuff um so yeah come at us i love how you're like come at me bro yeah but actually yes i agree completely i have nothing more to add on that so um (laughs) If you're looking for community, it's patreon.com slash the Smutlancers. 
Yeah. Uh, if you want to ask us a question, you can go to the smutlancer.com site where I've got an Ask a Smutlancer page. You can find us on Twitter. Molly is at Molly's Daily Kiss. Uh, I am at Kayla Lords or at the Smutlancer. I'm everywhere. It feels like sometimes I really need mm-hmm. to probably take a break from that too. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, send us your comments. If you want to stay anonymous, that's fine we are y'all write and talk and think about sex we know about the need for anonymity and privacy so yeah you know we don't have to say your name if you don't want us to you can private message us you can you know it it's fine any of these episodes if they lead to more thoughts maybe something we didn't address or something you wanted to ask and know more about or some tip or trick or reality for you any of them feel free reach out get in touch we will come back to these topics because there's always plenty more to say mm-hmm. okay so we're gonna go because yeah i honestly thought like the first 15 minutes of this episode I was like oh this is gonna be a 30 minute episode and i lied no. to myself as i usually yeah. do so we're gonna go and we will be back next week this is what episode i think 67 if i did math right numbers are hard uh we'll be back next week with answering some of your questions that we have received over the past few weeks and months and until next time bye, bye.